0: This is the Steelers standard on Steelers nation radio and podcast on Steelers.com. Steelers on the road to face the Falcons on Sunday and the Falcons are still playing for something. They are a half a game back in the NFC South. You're going to be facing a hungry team in Atlanta. This ain't going to be just a, well, let's just try to get through these next 60 minutes as healthily and as easily as we can. So we can get through these next five or so weeks as healthily and easily as we can. And, we can start kicking our feet up and sipping mai tais in Cabo and playing golf every day of the week. No, they're still fighting as hard as they can for a playoff spot. And Jacob, at first, I thought they were the only team that was playing for something. But I was watching Good Morning Football today, and and they showed their graphic for the playoff hunt.
1: Oh, and, and no. in the hunt at the very bottom of the <laughs> list in the
0: AFC was your four <laughs> and seven Pittsburgh Steelers. They are. You know what I thought
1: about Tom. There are 6 games remaining. And that's a lot of that's a lot of football to be played. The Steelers have 3 winnable games left on their schedule starting this Sunday with the Falcons. They play the Panthers in 2 weeks and then 2 weeks after that, they play the or the Vegas Raiders. Not a horrible or not an impossible three games to ask this team to beat. No, but we've done this game. We've wins. done this game
0: before with Steelers teams that were much better than this. Where we do like the yeah, of oh course. they'll beat the Raiders, right? I get it. Oh, they'll beat the uh, they'll beat the Panthers, right? But these
1: teams, the I mean, the Falcons, I think, are the most easily beatable. But mm, the, I might push the- you
0: on that one. The Panthers might be mine as far as these next the stretch. That's oh, coming no, no, up. no,
1: no. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. The Falcons are going to be your hardest test outside of those of the, three
0: the three you mentioned outside of because the Ravens you have three of those you have those yeah. three
1: games, and you have three division games between two Ravens matchups and the Browns in week eighteen. So I would say that if you can get past the Falcons, you should easily beat the Raiders and the Panthers. I know the Raiders are kind of a boogeyman, but easily beat the Raiders and the Steelers doesn't usually drive. no, it doesn't. It, it's it's happened, but it's it's not frequent where it's. The Raiders are a bad team in a given year, and the and the Steelers just cruise past them. That's not always the case. But if you can go 3-0 against those teams, I think you have a an outsider shot at getting to 9-8 and eight, if not... I mean, you're not going to get to 10-7, right? 10-7 would imply winning
0: out all six games. No, that's foolish to think that, but I think as long as that is still alive... And you have seven losses, you'll stay in the hunt. I think as long as you keep winning and keep trying to chip away at running the table and get to ten and seven, you will naturally still be in position to try to make a push for the playoffs. It might not pan out. I think a ten and seven team could be left out in the cold this year. But I mean, what are we even talking about? Though that's that would be an epic kind of run down the stretch oh, by the Steelers. If and the Steelers that would have, have done
1: done stuff like that, I mean, most recently I can think of twenty sixteen. Right, they started off four and five, finished the season, I believe eleven and five, seven game seven game win streak. I mean that led to a first round. uh, No, I'm sorry, that was the year that they lost the AFC Championship game in New England. Beyond that, you can think back to the one that actually led to a a good ending of the season, which was 2005. Right, they were seven and two, they lost three in a row to fall to seven and five. Things kind of seemed in peril, and then they won their last four to make it into the playoffs as the sixth seed. We know where that went. They won their fifth Super Bowl that year. So not to say that crazier things have happened. I mean, like in 2016, they won seven games to end the season. Yeah. If you can win five of your last six here, and that's, pr- that's probably asking for a lot given that you have three AFC North matchups left, it- it's possible but I don't, even, I, don't even, I don't even think that five wins out of six remaining games will even get you a playoff spot.
0: Probably nine not. And eight. No, I don't think so. Not in the AFC. Too much of a log jam there. The question and... is,
1: how how much emphasis do people put on if you can get to 9-8? and eight,
0: That's a really great job
1: by Tomlin to rally this team from a really bad start.
0: Well, I mean, and he'll get the flowers for, once again, never having a losing right, season. Right, exactly. He'll have that. I know he doesn't care about that.
1: Maybe a little bit, just to say that, I did never He doesn't do care
0: about it right now, but when he's retired, sitting back, yeah. not even retired, when oh, he's really? sitting back fishing, having a drink at his house in Virginia on the lake or something like that in, in the like yeah, he'll be like, "That wasn't was bad. It was a pretty good job mm-hmm. of rallying those troops, and he'll also probably take a look at himself and be like, I might have some things that have faded a little bit as far as my coaching acumen is concerned. As far as having a locker room fight for me, as far as having guys run I've through street, that, that ain't leaving. That's no. never going to change. They These guys go to war for me, not just play football. This is the second week in a row that the Steelers are facing a team that they just historically absolutely pile drive into the ground. 14-2-1 <laughs> all time. I think the Colts, they were like 20 Five and two. It was something. Ridiculous. I mean,
1: their last loss was two thousand and eight
0: to, to the Colts. Their last loss to the Falcons. No, they don't play as much. But that was in two thousand six. I barely remember that game. I, I
1: remember it only because the last time they played each other was the Mike Plex, was the tie game.
0: Tie game, Mike Vick, and, and so the Falcons. I thought, here
1: you go, you got to beat them. You got, you can't, you can't, you know, have a tie and then a loss. And they actually did lose that game. So I, I don't remember what
0: happened in that game in 06. I don't either, man. It's an overtime loss. I.
1: I mean, they played
0: three straight overtime games to start the 2000s in 02, 06, and 10. Steelers won one, uh, lost one, and tied one.
1: Thinking back on on the hiss of our history with the Falcons, right? 2010 was the great Rashard Mendenhall Hall walk off touchdown Touchdown run. Overtime. 2014 kind of forgettable. I know the Steelers won that game. Yeah, by seven points. 2018
0: they murdered murdered the Falcons. I mean, it was like the Undertaker. Tombstone. I don't think Ben had like six
1: touchdowns, but he may have had like four. And I'll look up the box score for you right now. And that was in 2018, so it was a James Conner game, and I think James Conner had like a touchdown or two. It was in Pittsburgh. Yeah, in Pittsburgh, Uh, it was a blowout.
0: Yeah, it was close at halftime. It was 13 to 10 at halftime. Wow! Final score 41 to 17. Oh my god! They just absolutely 13 to 10 at halftime. And Uh, then you said
1: 41 17 final.
0: 41 17 final. Two fifty for Ben through the air, three titties, one go. interception for him. Uh, let's talk about Antonio Brown's game though, because he had six yard, six catches for a hundred and one yards, and two titties. Of course he did. Juju had thirty four yards. James Conner had seventy five yards through the air in that game, and one hundred and ten on the ground. Yeah, and two titties. Big game. I knew it was a big day for Jason. Yeah, he he was mauling the Falcons. So before uh, that loss in two thousand six, though, by the way, their mm-hmm. only other loss to the Falcons. Came in 1970. Wow. 1970. So that's kind of
1: hard to cope with, right? Knowing that they played each other all these years from the 70s to the 2000s. Pretty much every and three, then our, four years. Our first two years that we could really remember in, in 02 and 06, they tied and they lost. Yeah, we, After
0: having one loss since 1970. We've actually been alive for the roughest patch yes. of the Falcons-Steelers rivalry, quote-unquote, if you will. Uh, two teams have obviously never met in the postseason. Came very close, though. Came very close. The 28-3 to mm-hmm. year, the runner-up in the AFC was your Pittsburgh Steelers. So it could have been the Steelers that the Falcons blew a 28-3 to lead and against. And I believe
1: it was close, too, in the 95 season as well.
0: With the Falcons sniffing around a a playoff Mm -hmm. or a Super Bowl berth, there when the Cowboys ended up going there to face off Mm -hmm. against your Steelers, so these two teams have kind of flirted with each other as far as that is concerned. I'm not going to hyperbolically say this is the worst Falcons team that the Steelers will face because I don't remember most of the Falcons teams, but I don't think it's that far fetched to say it's top five, top five, top five. This is a very abysmal team on paper. The record doesn't match who the team is. if I'm going to point to an overachiever this year, there's a couple you could point to, the Giants, the Jets, the Commanders. I think the Falcons are the biggest overachiever. And Matt Williamson was saying he mm, thought I like they to could pick the number guy. one overall this year when right. he was heading into the season. Yeah, they have no point. one on their roster. That's
1: a good point. I think Commanders, I would say maybe more so just because they're doing better. But, their but expectations- you made up the point
0: too a thousand times with them. McLaurin's great. Brian Robinson's good. Like they've their got defense they've itself. got got yeah, yeah, their pain, expectations sweat, were higher like, than yeah. the Falcons
1: were at the beginning of the season. That's so it's which do you go with? A team who's actually doing better or the team that's doing much better than you predicted just not as good as the other team.
0: But I look at their depth chart and no one strikes fear in me for it. No. I mean no Cordero
1: one. Patterson on special teams on the kick return. Getting ready to take on Spring On let's start teams. there, because I sure. think
0: that's the biggest matchup for the Steelers. That's a mismatch in this game. Uh, I think the Steelers are a better running team um, offensively of late. Yes. I think the Falcons yeah, overall course. may be the best running team because they just run the ball a thousand times a game, so it's kind of like a volume thing for them.
1: Yeah, they just don't pass But the I ball. think
0: after the bye week, the Steelers are comparable to the Falcons as far as running the football effectively is concerned. Defensively, the Steelers stuff the run. They are a run-stuffing defense. They are a top ten defense when it comes to the run. Yeah,
1: it's a very it's a night and day defense when you compare the pass defense to the run defense. Yeah, and that's what's really
0: Pittsburgh. troublesome because it's like, well, we fixed the rush defense and now we have to fix the pass defense. But when the hey, pass defense last year was the one was that was the carrying top ten them, yeah. unit, yeah. So I think that the Steelers, you know, they match up defensively well with what the Falcons like to do on offense. Um, you can really pick your poison on attacking that Falcons defense. They don't stop the run that great. They're terrible against the pass. It could be a good day for Kenny to start airing the thing out a little bit more and get some statistics through the air. But that special teams matchup is terrifying. The Colts torched the Steelers on special teams. 89-yard return. Another 45-yard return in that game. Tomlin said in the press conference, turning point was the special teams. They couldn't do anything. They had no confidence until that 89-yard kick return set them up for an easy touchdown. So – that was a game changer in Absolutely. that game, and this is the worst team you want to face if you're having special team kick coverage problems, because they might have the GOAT when it comes to kick returns back there. He the all-time record for touchdown score, and he's still pretty much every bit as good as he ever was at it. Really quick question. Is he a Hall of Famer to you? Hmm. Is Devin Hester a Hall of Famer?
1: Yeah. Devin Hester, absolute, in my mind.
0: Then he kind of has to be, right? But I think Devin Hester did it. I mean, the way he was able to do Hester it. Hester on- did it in a Super Bowl, too, right. which is big. I know they lost the Super Bowl, but he still had the opening. T- I don't know if Pat. I don't know if anybody else took an opening kickoff to the house in Super Bowl history.
1: Patterson, it's kind of sneaky. He's been doing it his whole career, right? These long returns on punt and mostly kickoff. And I know Hester did it for other teams, too, but you remember him as a bear. As a bear. Pa- but, I mean, of all Patterson's teams, you know, it's Viking. ironic as of all teams, Hester broke Dion's record of all time return touchdowns while he was a Falcon. What's up with these Falcons man? They just get these I legit, guess so. legendary kicker turners Hester had two those two seasons right oh six o seven where he had what six and seven return touchdowns in a given year both years and then eventually you know he slowed down, but there were seasons down the line where he had three or four uh. But you remember him because of those two seasons yeah. where he just exploded. I think Devin Hester, not saying first ballot, but he should be a Hall of Famer. Patterson's more up in the air. And it's it's tough because, you know, he has the record in an, in an individual category. And I will say this,
0: he's not done yet. And no, I don't, I don't see... even know how old he is. He's north of 30. Yeah, but I don't see any reason why to quit for him because I bet you a team, if the Falcons are like, we're going to move on. I guarantee you, a team out there will be like, we'll give you three million dollars to return kicks for us. I this mean, year. he's
1: only thirty-one years old. Yeah, he'll stay for another. He's four or played five years. on a good amount. Of, he was a bear for a time. I, I mean, know, talk right. about talk about like similar career paths. Both of these guys were bears. I believe he started with the Vikings. The Vikings too, right? to yes. the Raiders to the Patriots. To the bear, I think he won the Super Bowl with the Pats, unless that was the year that they lost to the Eagles. It was not. He kinda, it was the year they
0: beat the Rams. He kind of faded in between, though. Like I know he still had his kick returns, but like as far as a piece on the offense after the Vikings, he was kind of just a a return guy, a special teams guy. And now I think just out of necessity, the Falcons last year, especially, were like we need had you to run him the ball. Running back, and right. he's he's really good. I mean, he's he's definitely. A weapon to worry about in this game. but Something hit- I don't know about him,
1: he's a seven-time All-Pro rep. Four-time first team,
0: three-time second team. That sounds like a Hall of Famer right it there. It kind of does. I mean, he's amazing at kick returns. He's amazing at return. He's he made a the All-Decans specialist. team in 2010. You were talking about a guy, him being kind of a sleeper and off the radar. He, this guy I'm going to bring up isn't an all-time great by any stretch of the meat, but he might have been the greatest kick returner ever in a short span, in a burning bright kind of thing. Josh Cribbs, oh, absolutely! You remember how electric he I mean, he was burned the Steelers a couple of time. times. He didn't have the longevity that the Hesters no, and he the didn't. Patterson did, but he might have been the best at it for that short period of time. And another guy, Dante Hall, remember him yeah, from so the Chiefs? He was well. Didn't he believe. also? He had longevity though. He he did. And it for didn't a while. he also play on defense and did okay on defense? I think he played wide receiver. Actually, oh, really? I think Hester was the defensive back. No, they Hester converted was a, to a wide Hester receiver. Was, Hester they was a receiver. Oh, did they really? I thought he was a defensive. Maybe he
1: started off defense and then convert. I mean, all of these guys can do whatever,
0: right? You know, they're what football I mean? players, right? Exactly. Like, like Tomlin likes to like say, Tom, football players, a football guy, right? So that's my number one concern uh, is Cordero Patterson and stopping yeah. him on the kick return. And a point that someone brought up last week that I think is 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 warranted is. Benny Snell football was more tired than he usually is on kick return coverage. There was no Spillane and there was no Miles Boykin. Uh, those are right. three pretty big hitters when it Absolutely. comes to your special teams coverage. Maybe your big three, and when you have two out and one, you know, focusing more of his energy on the offensive side of the ball because he became the the lead running back in that game with Najee getting hurt. Maybe you see a little bit of a drop off there, but at the same time, you got to be better than that. You got to have guys mm-hmm. be able to step up and make sure that a field-flipping 80-plus yard kick return doesn't happen when you're literally dominating the Colts' offense. And the only thing that could give them any sort of life was a big home run-type play like that, and you gave them that kind of play. So mm. first and foremost, I am really going to be tight. Tight? Tight? When I'm watching these kickoffs and kick coverage for the Steelers. Because another thing that's a factor here is Matthew Wright. mm if this is Boswell, I'm not worried at all because the no. game plan is kick the ball five yards into the stands. Don't let Patterson even touch it. Right. But Matthew Wright doesn't have the leg strength. No, he doesn't. He can get it about eight yards into the end zone, but as we saw against the Colts, they're going to bring it out then, and it's going to be trouble. Especially He's done better Patterson.
1: as a kicker scoring points ever since his first game. Oh, yeah,
0: I really do take my hats off for his field goal kick, especially a 52-yarder. Right. That's awesome. Um, But in terms of
1: getting the ball out of Patterson's hands, I we haven't seen that. He can't do
0: it. He yeah. doesn't have the leg strength right. to get it into uh, the back of the end zone and out of bounds. He doesn't, especially in a dome, right? Like, if he had some downwind, maybe that would help him push it out, but the fact that back he back he's in a dome, yeah, he's right. not going to be able to do it again. Yeah. So... As far as just hey, just kick it out of the back of the end zone, you'll be fine. Nope, that ain't going to be the case. So it's going to come down to kick coverage in this game, and I wonder what they did. It would have been interesting to uh, pick the brain of like a Dale or a Matt, someone who had been at practice a lot. Who would be simulating? Do you think that kick? Because I guarantee you, someone was back there simulating. Had to right? Would it be? uh, I don't even know who's got. Like it's not Gunner, right?
1: I would have said like if you had to, maybe like a. Uh, a Calvin Austin But he's obviously not available to you I'm just talking about speed In an open
0: field I like that call But you like don't have ha- you
1: you don't have him For your no, availability he's done for year
0: now. I, I mean maybe Deontay Too important to the offense
1: I But mean, like in, in those drills You wouldn't be Yeah but you're not going to make him Be the kicker turner I guess In so. practice and you, I was going to say Najee too Because Patterson Can't and Najee Are both bigger guys Yeah Najee's not fast as, as fast no, as Patterson I don't Patterson, think so though. either
0: I, I really don't know I don't think there is a, a, a clear-cut one, which is, again, one of the reasons why I think he causes so many problems for so many teams. I'll say this,
1: maybe Anthony McFarlane, maybe, but he's so much smaller than
0: Patterson. That's what I mean, Like, and I think it's not unique to the Steelers. Cause I think no, I,
1: I agree. I a think lot of a- teams
0: try to figure out that guy who can be Patterson in practice, and it's... Just gonna end up being like Patterson Light. You're never gonna be able to duplicate to what really he's able to do. Stop
1: him, yeah. I think honestly, Tom, if he was, if he never got hurt, I mean, this is a huge hypothetical. Calvin Austin would have been the guy to put in and practice. Do you,
0: like me, have a weird feeling that he might have a kick return touchdown in this game, Patterson? Yeah. No, not at all. Because who was it for the Colts?
1: I, I, I'm. He wasn't even the me. real kick returner. No, The right? real one
0: went over. I saw that story after the game. The real mm-hmm. kick returner went over to the bench and said, "Hey." I got a feeling about this dude. He looks like he's due. He's been doing well in practice. Like, give him— I He took himself out of the game to put this kid in, and sure enough, boom, right down to so the Steelers' territory. Patterson,
1: we know, at least has one on the season because it was the one that broke the all-time record. I don't know if he has more than one, but it wouldn't shock me if he got a second here. Wouldn't shock me at all if he got a second Uh.
0: Other than that, though, I think the Steelers match up really well against the Falcons. Yeah, I think
1: it's kind of weird to say that you lose this game, you could lose this game on special
0: teams. I think you can, though. I think that's the the main way that the Steelers can lose this game. And I think if they handle Patterson, I'm not going to say, you know, everything's within the 20 or just at the 20. Uh, You know, if they can stop him before he gets past the 35 the majority of time, I I I think that they will have a very – comfortable time trying to win this game yeah I don't think the Falcons offense scares them
1: no not at all and and the reason the reason it's so weird to say or admit that you could lose this game on special teams is because you never really see it because that would imply that something else is going right for you in some other stage of this game and I just don't see that I don't see the Falcons matching up very well with the Steelers on offense or defense and like I'm thinking about it too. I know we mentioned briefly that the Falcons are a really good rushing team just because they rush in such high a volume, volume thing, right? Though. I'm more afraid of Patterson on spe- as the return guy than I am the running back.
0: He's not even their leading rusher. Uh no, Tyler Allgeier is yeah. their second running back as far as their depth chart's concerned. So you'll see both of them. Mariota rushes for about 35 yards per game as a quarterback, so you'll see him run you. the ball. And he's actually a point that Williamson brought up on Countdown to Kickoff earlier this week was he's a bit overrated as a runner. Like, he's not as good of a runner as... He's not like an Allen or Mahomes He's not like the like guy a, he was at Oregon. No, no. And he will not really beat you with his feet like a Hertz would or like a Lamar would. No. So, a bit overrated in that aspect, although he will run the ball so you have to account for that. And they've been passing the ball a little bit more as a team lately. Uh, I think that after that Bengals game when they were down really fast early and were down the entire game and still ran and ran and ran and ran the ball, like barely threw the ball, even though they were down by multiple touchdowns. I wouldn't be surprised if Arthur Blank, the owner, got into the ear of Arthur Smith, the head coach, and said, we got to maybe pass the ball a little bit more. When you're down by four touchdowns, you got to start passing the ball. So you've seen an uptick in their passing a little bit of late. And mm-hmm. I think that should be their plan of attack against the Steelers. Because what, what
1: was the game where they were down big earlier this season and they still only threw like five I, passes? I think it was the, the Bengals half. game. Was it? Was it that, was that, it Bengals that game? game. Yeah, yeah, you're right. You're right.
0: And I think that the Steelers' secondary is a problem right now. I mean, they are giving up a lot of yardage to opposing mm-hmm. wide receivers. Silver lining. A lot of the time, it's stud wide receivers. A lot of the time, it's the big dogs that get them. The T. Higginses will go off against them. Uh, the only one this year that they really did okay was the Waddle and Hill contingent. Yeah, I other think, than that, big dogs have really. I mean, do I have to bring up A.J. Brown again? No, nah, like, you don't big want dogs to torch them.
1: Um, I think there are slight, like there are smaller examples. Like they did a good job of containing Garrett Wilson. He wasn't like the big. Yeah, stud. you'll see
0: inconsistencies with rookies like him, though.
1: Uh, yeah, for sure. And like to go to that point further, Chris Olave didn't have a big game from the Saints. Uh God I think the the other example that you're leaving out, Tom is Godwin and, and Evans. Godwin and Evans. And we kinda know now that Evans is having a pretty off year. But that could be because of Brady in that day we did see that Brady was throwing a lot of balls to the ground, did not look as Brady's self. So I would say those the exam, the example that you brought up in Waddle and Hill and the Evans. Evans and Godwin won were the best, the best performances by the secondary. And to your point, there's no one in the receiving core in Atlanta that could that you could really see as a guy that could burn you.
0: No. I honestly,
1: like, other than Kyle Pitts, I I don't know if I can name a single receiver on that team. Yeah, you can. Drake London. Oh, Drake London, the the rookie. The first the first receiver to go in the in this year's past and this past year's draft, but still he's not having like this great season people were saying it's it's him and wilson and, and alave who could be offensive rookie of the year from the that receiving class and he's in last place of those 3 for sure yeah, like he's behind George Pickens in, in terms of having a good season.
0: Yeah, but I think a lot of people will tell you that that's more usage, and I think that goes back to Kyle Pitts too, even though he's on IR and he's done mm-hmm. for the year, so you won't see him in this game. But but it, they're just not pat. They're, they're not, not using yeah, them yeah, the right way, and it's weird. Like if you're going, their identity is they run the hell. They they want to be the Titans. Arthur Smith was the Titans' offensive coordinator mm-hmm. with Derrick Henry before he came to Atlanta. He's he's trying to copy and paste his Titans offense into Atlanta. They just don't have King Henry as a running back. And, and what's
1: weird too is the fact that they're they're trying to use Mariota as like a compliment to that running game, and he's just not. The he's right not a good running quarterback. Man,
0: right. He's not as good of a running quarterback as people think. But the weirdest part is is the way that they built their team over the past two years. They've taken Kyle Pitts with the number four overall pick, and then they took Drake London with the number nine overall pick to run the ball, like. Why did we take these two amazingly Receivers. talented, high-ceiling ball, ball catchers to have a run-heavy run-first offense? Why didn't we take a back and a guard? Like, why? Oh, I think there's no
1: question. I mean, with a 5-7 and seven record right now, five wins on the season will probably get you a top 10 if, like, maybe 10 or 9. You could probably still get a good quarterback. If they don't go quarterback this season in the draft, I I don't know what's going on in Atlanta.
0: Yeah, but then again, they took a quarterback last year. I know it wasn't a first-round pick, but are they going to give Desmond Ritter a chance to see what he looks like? I mean, you kind of have to, right? Or did you just waste the pick with but your third-round pick and be like, oh, this is going to be our backup forever? Well, why like, can't that be the backup to your first-round pick? Why are you using a third-round pick on him, then? That Just a year before... Especially when you're not like the Steelers already having Ben, so you use mm-hmm. a third round pick on a good backup like Mason. Like you don't even have your starter.
1: Right. I, I mean, I don't know. I mean, look at the Cardinals. Right. Back to back years. Let's with just first say it round like picks it is. The Falcons aren't
0: drafting well,
1: or at least they're not following I mean, they their can, plan. They, they, well. I don't know if you could say they're not drafting well. They're not drafting smart. They're not doing. They're not. They're not. Ex, they're not.
0: It's almost like the GM and the coach are on different pages.
1: They're like using. Yeah. They're using. They're maybe you could say they're drafting good players, but they're not using the players that they're drafting.
0: They're drafting maybe the best player available, not the best player available that will fit what team. Arthur Smith yeah. wants to do. And I think it's a problem for them. And yeah, I, think... I like I like the point that you said
1: about the GM and the coach are drafting different teams, or the 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 team that the GM drafts is not the team that the the coach wants to coach or is trying to
0: coach or to fit to his coaching scheme. With the Steelers, I think. We've said a lot recently with quarterbacks like Matt Ryan, you know, you got you to gotta turn them over because they are turnoverable. And they do, they've been doing that all year long. The Steelers' defense is really in the upper half, maybe creeping towards the top 10 as far as takeaways are concerned. It's a defense that's becoming a ball-hawking defense again, and they're right on the outside looking in at that top 10 as far as, oh, that's turnover differential. Mm. Let's look at takeaways and they're right there right at the end of the top 10 about like number 8 with 16 total takeaways on the season uh, get that ball from Marcus Mariota he's yeah. going to throw so, interceptable passes they are throwing eight, they've thrown eight picks so far this year he has get a ball from Mariota it's going to happen he's going to throw passes that you
1: can snag i think it's it's important to turn the ball over i agree but if you look at those turnovers tom you said what they're 16 Total on the season, sixteen
0: th- that the Steelers, that have, the Steelers taken have taken away. Yes.
1: I think only four of those are forced fumbles or That's are a fumble recovery. Point. They are not getting fumbles this year. No, they're not. And that could be, you know, going what seven weeks without TJ Watt. Three fumbles. Yeah, right. All year. That could be, you know, going only seven weeks or not only going as many as seven weeks without TJ Watt playing. Let T.J. Watt, let Alex Highsmith, let Cam Hayward, let anyone get as much pressure
0: as you can on on, on Mariota and force some fumbles. You Recover know what? those fumbles. The only person that's even getting the ball on the ground is Highsmith, four, right? Four forced and fumbles he, leads he, the and league, and he
1: does it better than anybody in the league right now, right? Four. He's leading the league in forced fumbles with four, I believe. And you've
0: recovered three. Mm-hmm. So. That's really good as far as that's concerned. As an individual someone guy. Someone else needs to force for more yeah, fumbles. Right. This is
1: this I think is this a get right game for T J
0: Watt? Does this need to be? It's hard for me to say that and we'll start our next episode talking more injuries when he's popped up on the injury report again with a rib injury mm-hmm. and he's limited in practice. It's hard for me to say he's gonna break out when I think he's not been a hundred percent since he's come back. And now I think he's gonna be even less than as far as his health is concerned, because of those problems. So mm-hmm. Let's get more into the injury reports for both sides in the next episode. we got a lot more to break down with the Steelers' offense, too, when it comes to fighting these Atlanta Falcons. But first, I want you to subscribe to the Mike Tomlin Game Day podcast because Steelers Digest editor Bob Labriella talks with head coach Mike Tomlin about the upcoming game, and new episodes drop every single game day. They are available on the Steelers' mobile app, the iHeartRadio app, and wherever you get your podcasts. Make sure you're subscribing to that to hear Mike Tomlin's thoughts about Atlanta as he sits down with labs to discuss before – The game kicks off. We'll talk about injuries. We'll talk about the Steelers' offense. I think it could be a big day for Kenny. Back-to-back big games for him, but statistically I think he's going to shine in this one, so we'll get into that in the next episode. He's Jacob Precht. I'm Tom Offerman. You're listening to The Steelers' Standard.